This week on Behind the Message, like a good neighbor, Jennifer's here. And that was his intro for Neighbors and Nations. We're not singing the jingle. Do it. Is there a song? There. <laughs> oh, what's the song? Come on, you know it. <laughs> you're asking. Just roll the song. <laughs> oh. Church family, welcome to Behind the Message. It is Neighbors and Nations Week um, this week, and Daniel is back. We missed you last week, yeah. so glad to have you back. Are you a good neighbor? That sounds like a State Farm commercial. Well, it has to <laughs> I, I feel like Open I'm a. Plug. I feel like I'm a good neighbor, depending on who you are. Like I'm the neighbor who's kind of quiet. Well, that means you're not a good neighbor. Yeah, it's but different. if you want like the neighbor that brings you cookies, I'm not that neighbor. But if you want a neighbor who like doesn't like have parties at 2 a.m. or like accidentally burn down your garage. Like, I'm that guy. That's your standard of good neighbor. Yeah, it is for me. Okay. All right, then you're a great neighbor. Well, this week is Neighbors and Nations, which is something a little bit different than that. But um, so we want to tell you guys just a little bit about what Neighbors and Nations is. Um, some of you may have uh, been through it with our church before. We, this is something we try to do twice a year. Um, so just jump in and tell us a little bit why our church is emphasizing something called Neighbors and Nations this week. Yeah, so, I mean, it's all in the name. Uh, the goal is to advance the gospel to our neighbors and literally around the world to the nations. Mm -hmm. And so twice a year, we try to set aside a week to focus on that first step of the Great Commission. And I say the first step of the Great Commission because the Great Commission is to make disciples. Right. And even Jesus says, teach them to observe all these things that I've taught you. Yeah. That's a lot, that doesn't end. Ephesians 4 says that ends uh, at the full stature of Christ. Mm -hmm. In other words, discipleship and training leaders and all those things are connected to the Great Commission. So you can't just share the gospel, get a convert, and be like, I'm done. It's a continual process. But that process cannot begin without right. the proclamation that Jesus is the Son of God who came to take away the sins of the world. And so what we have in front of us is a continual effort to make those disciples among our neighbors and our communities and to the nations and the people of the world. And one of the things that happens is we focus on one of those five key uh, practices and go. Right. And this year, it's reached the unreached. And so the whole week is set aside to focus on those who have no or limited gospel access, uh, people around us who just don't hear the name of Jesus, uh, the people in the world who will never, I mean, think about that. There are people in this world that go through their whole life and never hear the name of Jesus. Yeah. And for us as believers, that should drive us, not just again into our neighborhoods, mm -hmm. but literally to the nations. And so this whole week, sets us up for that emphasis. It's just a starting point. It's something to bring it back into our mind, push ourselves out, all kinds of resources, uh, some facilitated opportunities for a church, but really a great week to bring us back to evangelism and the first step of that great commission. Yeah, yeah. And, and we're gonna own it. We're just, I'm gonna own it. Um, probably one of the more uncomfortable weeks. <laughs> one of the, and for this reason, that's not a, a bad thing. That tension is a great thing. Um, but being challenged in your life groups, being challenged, um, you know, among family members, we sat down last night and, and tried to kind of push each other in that direction a little bit. It's not easy. It is uncomfortable. Own it for what it is and own that that's a great thing to be pushed and challenged and that um, we are in a church family that takes that calling um, that command to obey very seriously. And, um, and, and Mike even said in the message this weekend, that's 
not something that we can just take lightly. It's a command, and it's not just for one or two weeks out of the year. Um, but this is something to keep it in front of our church family. So um, this week, press into your life groups, definitely. There's going to be some great resources, some things for you guys to watch together, um, some discussion for you guys to have, and to really encourage and to hold each other accountable. Um, nothing is better than knowing that, man, I'm going to try to contact this person, and I've got eight or ten people that are in my life group, and I know I can text them, and they're going to be praying for me, and um, and it is going to be weird because it is pandemic season, and um, it's more difficult to get together with people, um, but we make it happen for everything else, so we find a way for everything else, um, so I've really been challenged and convicted this weekend and even this morning if I can find a way to connect with my friends and to see people that way, I can find a way to reach out to one of my three names, someone who I know is not um, a, a Jesus follower and share the gospel with them. So. And I think that's one of the emphasis that comes out in Neighbors and Nations for us is the pursuit, yeah. the find a way, the determination, the, the realization that it is worth it. It wouldn't matter if it was even more severe today. It would still be that same call for the pursuit. However, if you look at first century Israel mm -hmm. and you think about when those disciples are living and what's happening around them politically and socially, it was much more dangerous for them yeah. to go, to find a neighbor and to brave a conversation about Jesus, uh, to leave their nation, to leave Jerusalem and to begin to spread out with the gospel. I mean, that was really hard for them. Yeah. If they, they could have easily said, well, the time's not right. They could have easily said, this is hard, it might cost something. But they were purposed to pursue it. And I think, you know, Peter and John kind of wrapped that up there in Acts 4 when they're standing in front of the council and they're being threatened no longer to preach and to work in the name of Jesus. And they said, listen, whether it's right to obey you mm -hmm. or God, you're going to have to decide. Mm -hmm. But we can't help mm -hmm. but speak of what we've seen and what we'd heard. Mm -hmm. what, what have they seen? What have they heard? A resurrected Jesus. Yeah. It was real to them. Right. And the world should know. And he was yeah. worthy of the worship of every voice, of every tongue. And so they found a way. Yeah. And so Neighbors and Nations is a simple charge back to us, the church. Find a way. Find a way to your neighbor. Find a way to your coworker. Find a way to the nations and advance the gospel mm -hmm. to every person within your reach. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, we're going to highlight a few ways that some specific ways that you can participate in that. And then um, when we're done chit-chatting here, it's going to look a little bit different because there we have our virtual Neighbors and Nations experience that you're going to get to watch. And it's really cool. It's really exciting. Um, so that's going to be right after Daniel and I finish chit-chatting here. But there are specific things that you can do this week. And I, I don't want to um, undervalue any of them or just roll past any of them. Um, the first one being that you can pray. Right. And again, that's you can pray and then we can move on to something else. But the simple act of knowing that God has chosen our prayers as a means of moving his hand <laughs> in a way um, that we can pray for the hearts of those that we know, the hearts of those that we don't know, um, the people that people in our life group are going to be sharing with. We can pick nations to pray for. We can pick people groups to pray for. We can affect um, the world for Christ 
through the power of prayer that he has given us through the Holy Spirit. Um, so that is definitely something that we can do this week. And there are guides available. You can go online. There are prayer guides. You can gather your family at mealtimes, um, pray together, make it an amazing experience with your family, with your kids, that they know they can literally pray around the world um, and across the street as much as they can go. So um, prayer guides are available and you can jump in on those. There's a reading plan available where the entire church can be reading through the same scripture, which is such a neat, um, amazing, unifying thing when all of us can't be together in person. So you can definitely pray together and gather around that, that reading guide together. What, what's something else we can do this week? Yeah, I, 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 there's so many. I mean, one, begin to pray as a family and talk as a family how you will give. Yeah. I mean, the video that we're about to watch emphasizes Give the Go. It's a mission fund for our church. Mm -hmm. But for you as a family to have those conversations, how do we leverage our lives? Mm -hmm. That means your time, uh, but that also means your resources, your money, and uh, ways that you can leverage all that God has mm -hmm. given you back for gospel advancement. Mm -hmm. And so here's what I would challenge you to do. When you think about funds like Give the Go, they're over and above your tithes and offerings. They're, they're you sacrificially giving in that investment. Talk to one another about that. Pray with one another as a family and just begin thinking through that. How can we do this? What are our goals between now and the end of the year? What are our goals in 2021? What do we want to do? Yeah. And if you guys will begin to do that in community as a family or maybe even as a life group, it's really sweet the conversations and the accountability that comes out of that and how much you begin to uh, protect yourself from getting distracted by lesser things. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like setting a budget. You set those goals and you begin to aim for those yeah. prioritized things. That's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. So begin to this use this week to leverage some conversations around giving mm -hmm. and what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And then one more, I know it sounds, go. Mm -hmm. Just just go. Mm -hmm. um, I, I spent like over a year of my life, I figured this up, I didn't, I didn't over a year of my life out of the country. Wow. And so I've been around all kinds of missionaries, all, all the different continents, all mm -hmm. the different. Here's the thing about missionaries. After like a few weeks, they just live there. They're just regular people. Mm -hmm. uh, it kind of reminds me of like a church planner. If you plan a church and you know, the church starts and there's people, <laughs> you're pretty much just a pastor from that point forward. Like our missionaries are regular people mm -hmm. who have planted their lives and what happens is that becomes their community. Yeah. They begin to know those people. They begin to have relationships. They become their coworkers, the people, mm -hmm. and they're faced with the same advance the gospel to my mm -hmm. neighbors as we are. Yeah. And so a lot of what we can do that even trains up and models that practice is to just do it in our own life. Yeah. Make Eastman your mission field. Make the hospital that you work at your mission mm -hmm. field. Make the school you go to your mission mm -hmm. field and just begin to purpose yourself to leverage every moment to go proclaim the gospel and live missionally. Mm -hmm. And so what happens in that, in the domino effect of that is who knows, maybe the Lord begins to stir in you and sends you right. and you are prepared to be a missionary because mm -hmm. you live that way now. Right. Second, you model it for other people. Mm -hmm. Those may be your kids, they may be other people in the church and they begin to see you and then they wait in and they begin to have those conversations and God just does something incredible for them. Yeah. That's huge. And then to the glory of God, through the power of his Holy Spirit, he changes lives. Mm -hmm. And we're not convinced, or I mean, we're not um, guaranteed that if we share the gospel, people repent and place faith in Christ. 
but we know God changes lives. And so we do that as an act of worship and we trust and we get to watch his work. Yeah. And how cool is it when it's us right. and we get to proclaim and we get to see a life change for eternity. Don't rob yourself of that joy. It's not guaranteed to you, but it is an amazing thing mm -hmm. when we get to see God work in that way through us. Mm -hmm. And so go, just mm -hmm. go, just pursue it. Make yeah. it happen. Yeah, and, and just to be open and vulnerable, I'm the open and vulnerable one. <laughs> um, Again, there is tension and there's the uncomfortability of all oh, of that, wow. which immediately should spark in your heart, yeah, this is unnatural, which means it's probably a really good, I mean, our flesh would never say, yeah, go pursue someone and share the gospel with them. <laughs> um, so that tension and that flexing of that faith muscle is an amazing thing for our, for our walk with Christ and for our trust and our faith with him. So um, there are several ladies that are on my heart and my mind, and two of them I know I cannot see face to face. Um, so I'm creatively coming up with ways to um, craft an email to one and um, FaceTime with another one and, and lunch with a third one. But um, there are creative ways right. to get around pandemic problems. And I also want to say to parents, um, ask your kids, ask your students, ask your elementary kids, ask your college students. Um, who can you share Christ with? Who can you share the gospel with this week? Um, and really challenge them. Will it be uncomfortable and feel weird? And might you get kind of the, look, maybe. I mean, so what? Um, our call as parents is to lead by example, guide, and and push our children in that in that pursuit as well. So it is a pursuit. The thing that helped me with that is um, someone once said, if I choose not to share the gospel with them for whatever reason, mm -hmm. especially one of what I think they'll respond, then I've responded for them. Mm. And wow. I've rejected the gospel for them. Well, that and was a blessing. That, that, I know, that, that's rough, but there, there should be that tension. And there's joys in it too. Be persistent. Yeah. So just this past week, uh, in our life group, uh, we've been praying uh, for somebody for two years. Mm. They've been, uh, we've had share meals. I mean, that, that whole thing. And our group's been praying. Just this past week, they made a profession mm. of faith. Isn't that wow. exciting? And it was wow. not just cool for that one individual in my yeah. group, but it's cool for a whole yeah. group because we've been through a journey and we prayed for that person. We, you know, anyway. And it's just super exciting. Don't rob yourself of that joy. Yeah. And I think here's a question that popped into my head this morning. How many, like that was, had to have been such a cool celebration oh, with your sweet. life group. That was cool. And so I was thinking this morning as I was praying and just in time in the Word, and I was thinking, Lord, how many times of celebration have I missed out on because I was not obedient and didn't bring others around me to pray and to pursue with me? And so we missed out on a celebration. I mean, we missed out on the joy of being able to see someone's life changed um, for the sake of Christ. So um, anyway, it's a, it's a neat week. Um, it's not an easy week. And it's really not supposed to be. Um, it's supposed to be a joy-filled, faith muscle-stretching kind of week. So anyway, so now we want to invite you guys to sit back and relax and enjoy our Neighbors and Nations virtual experience that's coming up next. Um, before we get to that, a quick announcement. Thanksgiving week is coming up, and we will not, behind the message, will not have a broadcast Thanksgiving no. week. Um, but we will be back with our special Tri-Cities Thanksgiving episode uh, the week following Thanksgiving, so the week of November 30th. Um, we'll be back. 
So what I want to do before we launch into the video is I do want to take a second and just pray over our entire church family um, as we are being challenged with these things and um, as different thoughts and people are coming to our mind of who we could share with. And so I just want to pray over us as a church family and um, in excitement over what the Lord is going to do through our community and throughout the world um, because of Tri-Cities being on mission for him. So let me pray for us and then you guys enjoy the video. Father God, this week um, may not be easy, and that's awesome. Lord, because you are amazing, and you have gone before us, and you have authority everywhere um, before we ever even get there. So Lord, as our church family this week pursues faithfulness and obedience to you and pursues your heart to go and share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, um, with those that you have placed in our path, that you have placed in our mission field. Lord, I pray great boldness for each one of us. I pray faithfulness to your word. Um, Lord, I pray that hearts and lives would be opened, would be changed, hearts would be saved, Lord Jesus, and that our people would again catch a great passion and a love for you. Father God, we worship you today. We thank you for the opportunity um, that you have given us to share your good news with the world. We love you, and it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. The Bible is clear. Our God is worthy to be known and worshipped by all peoples in all nations around the world. Right in the middle of the Bible, Psalm 117 makes this very clear. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol Him, all peoples. For great is His steadfast love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Our God is worthy. And we, His redeemed people, the church, have been called, commissioned, empowered to make Him known to our neighbors and to the nations. So during this Neighbors and Nations Week here at TCBC, my hope and my prayer for all of us is that we are challenged to ask this question. How am I leveraging my life, my time, my resources to make Jesus known to our neighbors and to the nations? In this video, whether you're there at home watching with your family or maybe you're watching with your life group, you're gonna hear about what we call here at TCBC, Give to Go. Give to Go is our missions fund. Give2Go is the way we together as a people of faith, as a gospel-centered, gospel-advancing church can give generously so that together we can accomplish a whole lot more than we could on our own. Through Give2Go we send disciples around the world. Through Give2Go we serve the vulnerable, those who are in need to make Jesus known. Through Give2Go we train leaders to advance the gospel and serve the church. Through Give2Go, we reach the unreached, those around the world who have limited access. Through Give2Go, we plant churches in communities here in the United States and around the world. So as you watch this video, I pray you're challenged to ask the question, how am I giving sacrificially, consistently, faithfully to make Jesus known around the world? Because Jesus is worth it. And Jesus came and said to them, 
All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Matthew 28, 18-20 Proclaiming the gospel is the mission of the church. God's desire is for His glory to be declared among all peoples. We all have a role to play, whether that's praying, giving, or going. Ascending church culture starts locally and spreads globally because the mission of the church is both local and global at the same time. Through Give2Go, we send disciples to seize today's gospel moments. Our everyday moments become go moments when we seize the opportunity to make Jesus known. We send disciples on go trips to proclaim the gospel. We send disciples on go seasons to proclaim the gospel. Go seasons are strategic midterm mission trips, usually two months to two years, which include unique gospel advancing opportunities specifically designed for summers, gap years, and retirement. We send disciples to go stay on strategic long-term mission appointments. Through Give2Go, we serve the vulnerable to proclaim the gospel and make disciples as we meet basic human needs. The impact of sin is clearly visible in social injustice, poverty, suffering, and sickness. Our need for salvation is all around us. Serving those in need is an open door for gospel proclamation and discipleship. Through Give2Go, we reach the unreached to advance the gospel to all people. Unreached peoples and places are those where Christ is largely unknown and the church is not able to make Christ known in its broader population without outside help. Advancing the gospel to unreached, unengaged people is a prioritized work. Through Give2Go, we train leaders to equip churches to make disciples who make disciples and advance the gospel. Healthy churches reach the unreached. By training leaders, we advance the gospel to people groups and regions that would otherwise be out of reach. Training is prioritized according to access and multiplication potential. Through Give2Go, we plant churches to expand the reach of the gospel. The gospel is advanced through faithful local churches. We plant churches by sending, resourcing, and partnering with disciples for the purpose of proclaiming the gospel in specific communities. One by 21 is our goal to give $1 million by the end of 2021 through Give2Go to make the love of God known here and around the world. When you give to Give2Go, you are not only helping people all over the world, you are helping women in your local community. You're helping your neighbors. And we are so grateful for your support and your partnership with us through your generous donations to Give2Go. So thank you from Agape Women's Services. ETSU, in so many ways, um, is literally the world coming to us. And the church, uh, Tri-Cities Baptist Church, you guys are a huge part of this. Um, you support us through Give2Go, and, and that offering literally uh, helps us to, to bring the gospel out to the campus and also helps us not only to engage students, but also to disciple students uh, into further kingdom growth. 
I'm Ginger Schultz. My husband, John, and I have been living and serving the Lord for the last two years in the Middle East. We also want to say thank you so much uh, for giving to give to go You enabled light to go into darkness and the gospel to be shared with unreached people groups who had never have heard it before. We thank you so much for your generosity. Hey, Trusties. Derek Sherby here, uh, lead pastor and planter of the Oaks Church in beautiful Denver, Colorado, sent out by you almost three years ago now. Uh, we appreciate your prayers uh, for us. Thank you for the way that you've loved us and encouraged us and financially supported us. And for those of you that have come out uh, to be a part of what God's doing here, we cannot say thank you enough. Hi there, we're the Booths, David, Sarah, Laura, and Samuel, and we're your missionaries to Portugal. We've been there for nine years now, and you guys have been with us since the beginning. I just wanna say thank you for your partnership in helping us take the gospel to Fort Collins. We're serving and we're able to serve because of partnerships with churches like Tri-Cities. And so Tri-Cities, we thank you that you are so committed uh, to multiplication, so committed to, to church planning and taking the gospel to the nations. Thank you so much. Hey Tri-Cities, we're the Beverly's. I'm Whitney, this is my husband Jake, and this is our new addition, Morgan. We live in Prague, Czech Republic. We moved here just over a year ago. Tri-Cities, thank you so much for your support, whether it's through encouragement, through your prayers, and through giving financially through gift to go We really appreciate your partnership. All right, so this is going to be a lot of fun. Got some great friends here with us around the table, and we're going to have a conversation as a part of Neighbors and Nations. The uh, Go Pursuit that we're focused on is reaching the unreached, and we have some friends here with us who have really given their lives to do that, to reach, uh, to reach the unreached, those who have less access to the gospel of the Lord Jesus. And I'm just going to have a conversation here about that. So why don't you guys take a second and introduce yourself and uh, just maybe tell us where you're serving. I, I know a lot of our church family already know who you are, but for those that do not, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit where, where you are serving or have been serving. Okay. Well, my name is Jake, and this is my wife, Holly, and she can tell you more about where we've been serving. <laughs> <laughs> you do know where you've been serving. I just have to have her to, like, help me. Okay. Good. This is, everyone needs a good helpmate. I've got one. That's true. Take it away, So tag. So we're the hearts, Jake and Holly. We have two kids, Elsie and Elijah, and we serve Nepali peoples in South Asia. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, and we're the Hobsons, and I'm Tommy, and this is my wife, Marcy. We have two children, Abby is a freshman in college, and Andrew is a sophomore in high school. Yes. And we are serving in Kampala, Uganda, and been there for the last seven years. Uh, go practice, again, that we're focusing on is the idea of reaching the unreached. So. Throughout Scripture, uh, kind of Romans 15 comes to mind when the Apostle Paul says that he aspired or his ambition was to make Jesus known where Jesus had not been previously known. And the idea is, as a church, we're called to make Jesus known to every person on the planet, but we also recognize there are some places and some people that just have less access to the gospel. Some no access to the gospel, some limited access. So when we talk about reaching the unreached, we can talk about what we mean by that a little bit. So Jake, expand on that a little bit. When we say reach the unreached, what do we mean by that? In America, we live in quite a reached context. There's a church on every corner, especially here in the South, 
Now, we definitely have places in America that are least reached, but the percentage of evangelicals or professing believers is still very, very high. Mm -hmm. So when you were talking about Paul and talking about people that have no access to the gospel, that's exactly what we mean today. There are still places, even 2,000 years after uh, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, there are still places in the world that have little to no access to the gospel. So in those areas, there's not even a strong enough yeah. uh, believing church to make a dent in the size of the population that don't know Christ. And yeah. so when we want to reach the unreached, we want to go be a helpmate. We want to go uh, be and train and equip those believers in those contexts so that the gospel can be made known yeah. in those places. Yeah. So when we talk about reaching the unreached, where you are in Uganda there in Central Africa, what does that look like there for you? So for us, <clears throat> it's really limited access to the gospel. And especially in the city, mm. the city, um, there is more of a presence. But we look at three different primary areas. The first one is there's 56 different tribes in Uganda, mm. which means 56 different languages, 56 different cultures. And some of these people live in very remote areas and villages. Second is illiteracy, 77%. Mm. We were just looking at that today. Um, people are illiterate. They can't read. So even if there is a Bible and they do speak English, they might not read English. Mm. So we look at illiteracy in the third is just spiritual confusion, mm, especially yeah. in the city where we live. Yeah, there's yeah. Um, there's a ton of spiritual confusion in the city and actually throughout Africa. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of false gospels out there, out there, but probably the prominent one is the prosperity gospel, mm. the health and wealth gospel. Mm. And it just causes so much confusion. So there's a lot of people that would say they know Jesus, but had never heard the true presentation, never heard the true gospel. In yours, it may look a little bit different. You're going to a part of the world that I believe has the most unreached people groups, the most limited access to the gospel, more, almost more than anywhere in the world. So tell us a little bit about that. Um, in our context, you're right, there's, um, there's not a lot of access to the gospel. There are a lot of different people groups, different languages, different, um, even in a village there may be several languages spoken. And so there's not a lot of access to the words of the gospel, but then there are not a lot of believers who can take the gospel mm -hmm. to the people mm -hmm. in the area. And where we are is such a high concentration of population. Mm -hmm. So even though... Um, there are some churches there, there are some evangelical churches there. It's just not enough people yeah. to be able to reach as many people in that area. So for us, that looks like, number one, finding those people yeah. and investing in the church there, coming alongside as a helpmate, yeah. doing training of believers there, walking with them through the struggle that it is. And there's persecution, there's limited access to the supplies they need, transportation, mm -hmm. things like that that we maybe have some more access to that we can come in and sort of be a helpmate to them, come alongside them, encourage them. And then also we want to see the gospel taken to places that hasn't been through supporting the church, but also through evangelism ourselves sure. and going in and discipling, investing in the people who are already believers and in right. new believers while we're there, discipling them to then become the leaders sure. who are taking mm. the gospel yeah. to those areas. Sure. And that you said two things I think are huge. Often you're working with a church that may be there, may be very small, may not have resources to try to enable that church mm -hmm. to take the gospel. And you're also training national leaders. It, it's not that the Americans come in and plant their lives and stay yeah. as the heroes. Let's be real clear. 
the goal would be to equip national brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and I right. think that's key because they know the culture, they know yeah, the language right. better than we'll ever learn it right. right. So You don't want to hear people. me speak Nepali. No. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely don't want to hear me speaking that's, it. So. Yeah. I struggle with English. So again, we mentioned these couples are out of our church. Tri-Cities is their home church. And uh, your church home has been a part of what you're doing in Uganda and again where you're headed in South Asia. So help us see a little bit how has TCBC as a family been a part of what you're doing and will be doing in South Asia. So Tommy Marcy, you guys want to go first? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost by prayer. I mean, when we landed in 2013, it was a tough year. It was a very tough year. And I'm telling you, the life groups and just different messages we received from people from TCBC knowing that they were praying for us. I actually had a group. Yeah. Yeah, a group of people from here yeah. that I text every single day. Yeah. yeah. And it was a lifeline. I mean, it, it was really huge. Was. Yeah. And also by going, we've had a couple of teams come, which has been encouraging yeah. for us. It's always encouraging to see home people. But so, so to have people come and actually see what it looks like where we live, what ministry looks like, and then it's the really second, yeah, and the second team got to come and really get involved and really serve alongside our team and a team up in the northeastern part of Uganda. Yeah. So it's they they've been a blessing, and of course giving is yeah. a huge deal. We wouldn't be on the field without giving, yeah. without give to go. You mentioned you mentioned something I want to talk about really quick. So we talk about go trips here. It's when people from our church will go and spend a week or two weeks uh, there in the field, places like Uganda or South Asia. So help us understand when a team comes over, is that really helpful? And how is it helpful? Does it advance the ministry? Is it encouraging? How does how is that helpful? Yeah, it's been huge for us. Yeah, super encouraging. Yeah. I mean, let's be real for a few minutes. <laughs> when they come and they bring Reese cups. And <laughs> no, seriously. Besides the Reese I mean, cups. <laughs> so it's just encouraging having people come and see what it's like living in our context. And there really are, there's just not enough missionaries on the ground to do all that could be done. Mm. For instance, the last time Tri-Cities came over, they visited a, a village that had zero believers in it. And we have a missionary family that lives in that area, but there's so many other villages around, they've not had a chance to get there. So that really supported that team and then help spread the gospel there. Yeah. So we yeah. praise God for that. It's yeah. good to hear. Yeah, yeah so evangelism is really a big deal. Yeah. When there's not enough people living on the field to go in and just simply share the message of Jesus, and then you have a team come in, and the team can just they can do sow that the seed broadly, yeah. and then yeah. the local mm -hmm. team can come in and kind of work through the local church and and, yeah. and work through those. That. Yeah. So I'm going to switch to you guys, Jake and Holly, a little bit. So the same idea, how has TCBC been a part of what you're doing of reaching and reach there in South Asia? Well, first, Tri-City sent us out really well um, when we went last year. And um, we are with Pioneers, so we receive money monthly to keep us on the field for our yeah. ministry. So Pioneer, just to be clear, is your sending organization? It's our sending organization, Pioneers International. And so through Pioneers, we raise our own monthly support, and we receive give-to-go money every month as part of our monthly support um, give to go help support us but also um, the majority of our individual givers people who give to us above and beyond every month are Tri-Cities members so our Tri-Cities family really financially supports us monthly to send us um, 
and to make sure that our ministry is going well and keep us on the field. And then also, um, Tri-City sent us really well. They've prayed for us. We get a lot of responses from our newsletters. When we left last year and then when we left the field sort of abruptly last mm-hmm. year, Tri-Cities received us really well. <laughs> we, we live here now yeah. um, for the time being until we get to go back. And so Tri-Cities just moved into action and things were ready for us and they they fed us through our quarantine and they've kept us up and kept us going while we've been here. It's been a really big encouragement. And I hope this is encouraging for you all, our people, because we're around lots of other people in our predicament that had to leave in our organization Mm -hmm. and a very small percentage have the support that we've had through Tri-Cities. So I want to make a switch back to you guys. You all mentioned you're with an organization called Pioneers. That's your sending organization. Mm-hmm. But you guys are also with an organization. It's a little bit different, um, International Mission Board. So tell us a little bit for the folks at our church who may not know. As a church, often to reach the unreached, the way we're involved, we support individual families. And often we partner with organizations, whether it's YMI to train pastors, whatever that may look like. International Mission Board is one of those organizations that we partner with as a church. So you guys, tell us, what is the IMB? Help us a little bit with that. Yeah, so the International Mission Board was created 175 years ago, and it was created by the Southern Baptist Convention, and it was made to serve the churches, the Southern Baptist churches. And basically, the purpose of the International Mission Board is to support the church in any way possible and when somebody, when the church is getting ready to send someone to the mission field. Through the IMB, how many missionaries are we talking about? So we're 3,700 missionaries worldwide. Worldwide. And as we, as a church, as we give, we give directly to the International Mission Board. So we get to be a little part of that. Of sending but to be clear, you all are the ones sending us out. Not right. <clears throat> For a long time it would be, oh, they're with the IMB, but it's not. We're with Tri-Cities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Our organization, organization is the IMB. Yeah, and that's a great distinction. We yeah. want to be really clear. Every missionary yeah. that goes out should be sent by a church, yeah. Yeah. by a local church. church. Yeah. Organizations help, but it's the church that sends out missionaries. Right. That's, that's a great right. distinction. Right. Pioneers helps, IMB helps, right. but we hold the ropes as a local church that's for right. sending that's families right. out. Absolutely. That's a huge distinction. Yeah. Well, thank you, guys. I think we're going to... Uh, taking a look at a video explaining a little bit more about the International Mission Board. But huge thanks to you guys. Thank you for your faithfulness and reaching the unreached. And we really are honored to be in this with you as your sending church. Thank you. We all lead busy lives. But if we could just stop everything and take a bird's eye view, a little higher, there. Now we can see the multitudes. We are fueled by a shared vision to bring the name of Christ to those who have yet to hear. So we move forward to extreme places, corners of the world that have no access to the gospel. We train missionaries, send them out together, and pray that God's grace be known. We help the hurting, comfort the dying, give hope to the displaced, and have seen thousands come to faith in Christ. We are able to do so much more together than if we were chasing this vision alone. This is our common effort, together. So we're going to have a conversation, Tommy here with me. We're going to talk about one of the ways we advance the gospel, and particularly reaching the unreached. And it's really important as we talk about give to go and 
sacrificial giving of how that is stewarded and how those funds are used. And we want to talk a little bit about something called strategic partnerships uh, that our church is, has pursued and continue to pursue. So let me just take a second, Tommy, you add to this, but when we talk about strategic partnerships as a church, there are particular places and particular works and particular ministries that we want to uh, direct goals and for a particular amount of time say, this is how Tri-Cities is going to be involved in this particular place to make Jesus known over a period of time. And as you were saying earlier, other funds go with that, teams go with that, a lot's involved in that. So what we want to do for the next few minutes is share with you as a church two of these strategic partnerships that are being launched. Uh, and Tommy, I'd love for you to speak to that a little bit. So tell us, where are these two strategic partnerships? And tell us a little bit about those. Yeah, so we have uh, one partnership that uh, is in the south or in the northeastern part of Uganda along the South Sudan border. And then uh, one team we'll be partnering with in, along the coast, the western coast in, in, in India. For here, let's just talk about the uh, Uganda partnership in particular. Okay. What will that look like? in the life of our church for the next three to five years? Yeah, so first and foremost, uh, if when Tri-Cities partners with this team, they'll be committing to focused prayer. And uh, in the northeastern part of Uganda, in the Karamoja region, it's called, there are many villages that's unreached. And so the team leaders there would want us to be focused on prayer in prayer. And also sending teams sending two teams a year. One team would be a student-led team that's focused on evangelism and using the different uh, tools that they have there to share the gospel in the community. And um, also a, a team uh, and another team to uh, train leaders, train church leaders and uh, to be a part of that. And also on top of going, I mean, also uh, committing to prayer for somebody to go for a season of life, mm -hmm. actually for three people to go. Yeah. for a season of life. Four months or less, take off part of the year and go. Um, or somebody to go and, and plant their life there, plant their family there for two years or more. Yeah. So we would be committing to those things. So obviously that involves giving. Right. Uh, so a lot of the give to go funds or a, a portion of them would be directed to these partnerships. Right. Obviously be involved in sending, but involved in supporting the work there. Speak um, a little bit to the area and why you think there's a strategic opportunity there, this area in Uganda, some uh, access to the gospel, yeah. some of that. Tell us a little bit about that region. Yeah, well, it's an unreached area. It has very limited access. The people group there are, are very um, uh, remote. They're in a remote area. It's, very, it's the most difficult place to get to in Uganda. Mm. And uh, so there's just very little gospel there. Um, there's less than 2% of the believers. Praise the Lord, there's one church planted there close to where our team is serving. And uh, there's some great leaders being brought up, but there's just a huge need around for the gospel. It's, it's important to know, we don't just kind of parachute in and here we go. Right. We'd be working with some existing teams. Right. We'd be working, Simon. Yeah, yeah, we wanna hear about that. Some, a church already started, hopefully more churches planted, but right. have a long-term impact right. for gospel advancement. So. Right. Tell us again, who would we be working with? So the IMB team uh, members that are there now, Selvin and Laurel, Jeremitis, and they've been there for about five years. They've been with IMB, IMB 10 years, but been living and serving there in this community for five years. So they know some about the culture. They've helped plant this first church, and uh, they just they have a great influence there. Yeah, so, so I think we're yeah. going to get to hear from him. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. 
Hey Tri-Cities Baptist Church, we are Selvin and Laurel Jermidas. We live in Kabong, Uganda, and we work among the Karamojong people. We are excited about the strategic partnership that we have with Tri-City Baptist Church. Satan has had dominion over this place for many years and has hardened the hearts of the people. But recently, God is doing some incredible work among our people. And people are excited to hear God's word and also to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. People are also hungry for the gospel and are also desperate for discipleship. Luke 10 is a reality here when it says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Pray then to the God of the harvest to send out more workers. You Tri-Cities are an answer to our prayers as you come alongside us to the field of Kabong. Through this partnership, we're looking for young men and women to go to the hard to reach villages and do evangelism and talk about Jesus to the people who have never heard the name of Jesus Christ. There is a huge need for the discipleship of students here. We're looking for men to come and do some theological teaching for our young pastors and their elders and also looking for women who can come and teach their wives here so that they can strengthen the existing churches that we have in Kabong. We are excited about this partnership. Our desire is that we would see the darkness be overcome with the light of Jesus Christ. So I hope you've been challenged and encouraged by what you've seen and heard on this video. I hope that you as individuals and families and even there with your life group are wrestling with that question, how am I giving sacrificially and generously to make Jesus known to the ends of the earth. As a church family over the past few years, we've given almost $640,000 through give to go to make Jesus known to the ends of the earth. As a church, by the end of 2021, our one by 21 goal is $1 million through give to go to be raised by this local church. That's an incredible goal. And what that means is that'll allow us to multiply our efforts to plant churches and make Jesus known and send disciples and train leaders and reach the unreached and all those things we get to do together. So what that means is let's excel still more. Let's continue, let's press forward to give generously, live sacrificially and make Jesus known. Again, I hope even there in your life group, you're discussing what that might look like for you in 2021. And let's remember, the Bible is clear. Our God is worthy to be made known to worshiped all over the world. And we've been called and commissioned to make Him known as we pray, as we go, and as we give. Jesus is worth it. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yeah. Do you still have it? Or no, you we cut it off. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs>